you are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Welcome to today's Echo Church Podcast. I have the pleasure of sitting down with Jamie and Scott, who most of you know, and we are going to continue our conversation on trusting God. That said, would either of you like to start out with sharing a story on how you've had to trust God or what trusting God means to you? Uh, Yeah, I have one. When, let's see, in 2006, my company had made some changes. And so about five and a half weeks after our first kid was born, I came home and I brought Jamie flowers at like 1230 in the afternoon. Jamie, why did I bring you flowers? Yeah, so Scott actually had spent five and a half weeks at home with Nixon and I, and we had the privilege of him being home for the first few weeks of having our first baby, and it was amazing. And then he went back to work and came home with flowers at 1230 because he uh, lost his job. Yeah, after being away for five weeks, it was pretty obvious when they reorged the company that the person who hadn't been there for five plus weeks was probably the easiest person to get rid of. (laughs) All stuff you learn afterwards. But uh, yeah, so I was uh, without a job. And for about, I'm going to say like three days, I didn't absolutely hate not having a job. And then like the gravity of the fact that I have a five-week-old son. My wife works part-time. Health insurance is important. We'd like to eat and keep the lights on. Like the kind of the weight of everything sort of kicked in. Yeah, and so we, um, in that moment, we were forced to trust God and it was, yeah, it was a kind of a major pivotal season for us. It did end up leading to Scott doing what he does today. And uh, God was faithful as he always is, but definitely a season where it was scary. We'd only been married a year and then we had this baby thrown in our laps. Here you are, married parenting and yeah, I was working part time. <laughs> Yeah, we had no money. It was super fun. And let's be totally honest, we didn't have money when I was working either. So (laughs) it wasn't like we were super (laughs) flush there anyway. What's interesting, you talk about the fact that now I'm doing what I'm doing and how much I love it. But it's weird because it's not like I lost my job. And then like two weeks later, I came to Edward Jones and was really excited about being a financial advisor. The weird thing is, it was like this little weird part-time job and then this little weird part-time job and then maybe these two jobs together and then I could do this and then I could do this. And it's, it's kind of the paths that got us there that were kind of the most interesting piece because not only did I lose my job, which by the way, I hated my job, but I would have never quit because I want to provide, right? I want to be, you know, so, but I hated it. So I f- was forced out of my job and it forced us to kind of rethink some things. And we did some really interesting things in those seasons. We did some really, again, flexible work. I was doing accounting for somebody. I worked some at our church and the young adults, our skateboard company. I mean, we had all these, like, it was just being pulled in a million different directions, but it was kind of a, and looking back on it, I thought it was kind of a cool season. I mean, I probably didn't think it was cool at the time, but uh, looking back, it, it was, it was a, it was a cool learning experience. Take us back though, to those first three days. So I know that happens. Did you have people around you that you confided in or how did you make that step of, okay, it's okay. I'm going to go find another part-time job. Cause I imagine Jamie, you did not return to work. Did you return to work shortly thereafter? And Scott, you stayed home or kind of what did that look like? Yeah, actually, that's hilarious. We had another couple who we got married with about the same in the same month. He was the best man in our wedding and he was working full time. His wife was working kind of part time. And we babysat Cher, like the dad's 
watched the boys. They're, you know, just six months apart. So the dads watched the boys while the moms went to work. And then the moms watched the boys while the dads went to work. And yeah, it was just an interesting season. But um, we just made it work. Yeah, I think it's Did you just, work nights at that time, too? Was there some of that in there? There was a lot of instability in that season. I think I was still <laughs> full time at River Valley oh, okay, at the okay. time. But um, so I held our health benefits at the time. I was working full time. So some of that stuff was secure and that felt, you know, felt good because we felt like we had it figured out. But I think in the times where you let go and trust God and surrender, gosh, I just think it leads to the most amazing opportunities and something that we never could have envisioned for our life, like where we are now and and the place where everyone doesn't have the the privilege of going to work every day and loving what they do. And Scott does. And that makes me so happy that he gets to get up every day and be excited about helping people. And yeah, so it leads, I think if you, you can trust God and surrender, it leads to the best things instead of just like good things. I like that. The best things instead of just good things. I pay a lot of attention to storytelling and to communication. It's really important to me. And you'll notice no story starts out and like everything's perfect and then it stays perfect. No, the best stories start off and then this chaos happened and then this thing fell down and then all these things were, and that's kind of what our life was. Like we were in the midst of complete, like this is a nut house at our house. Like it just, everything was going on. It was so chaotic. But the cool thing is you look back on those seasons in such, I mean, I loved that time. I mean, I got to stay home and spend time with, with Nixon in a way that I, I probably would have never been able to otherwise we learned a lot more about what it would take to be married and be partners and be teammates and how to handle certain things. I mean, we just went through a bunch of adversity that we would have never asked for, but honestly, I would never give up either. Is there like practically like with some that don't know how to lean into each other, lean into God, what are, what did that look like for you at that time? Did you have experience that you felt like propelled you into that chaos or how did you kind of navigate that with your relationship as a married couple and relationship with God as individuals? I don't know. We probably struggled through that. Like we struggled through most things. (laughs) As most people do. (laughs) That was going to be my response. Oh, it was probably way harder than it sounds today. You know, we're 15 years beyond all that. So yeah, I mean, we both had a solid relationship with God and we were, you know, I was working at a church at the time and we've spent our entire, you know, friendship, dating, married life in church and And that's been our foundation. And, you know, as I don't know, we found our, the foundation of our marriage is on Christ and on God. So it's never felt like it's been super hard because we've always had him now, like the day to day learning how to be married, those things is hard. I'm not saying that's not hard. It's just that, that foundation we had in common. And I think that's the most important thing. And so we just, I don't know, we just made the best of it, I think. It was scary. And I mean, I, I think I have a little PTSD. I swear every time he comes home with flowers, I'm like, <laughs> what'd you do? Did you get uh, fired? Literally every time I ask, did I you had get fl- fired? I had flowers delivered like two or three weeks ago. And Jamie's like, what's wrong? What did you do? And I was like, no, I, like, I just, I wanted, to, we don't, I don't buy a lot of flowers because we're sort of, pra- I mean, I'm sort of practical and Jamie doesn't, it doesn't always prefer flowers. She loves plants. The problem is I have an entire house full of plants, so I couldn't buy another plant. So I bought flowers and Jamie instantly thought, you know, something was wrong. I was thinking about somebody just now as we were talking about those seasons, but Joe Anderson had two pieces of advice during that season that really helped. One was he reminded me that I hated my job a few different times after the fact. 
Because like, if you take, okay, so in the Bible, you've got this moment of Exodus where all the Israelites leave Egypt and they're free from slavery and then they're out in the desert and they start complaining and they complain and they complain and complain. And it's just going on and on. Like, remember how it used to be so much better. <laughs> and like, I would have moments like that. Like, remember when that was, I, I had this job and I had, and Joe's like, you hated your job. You hated it. You hated going to that job. It was like an hour plus away. I made no money. I was like the lackey in an office. There was no, like, it just, it was not purposeful. It's not anything. I just did this kind of low level work. And I hadn't, I afterwards, I had kind of this regret, like, oh no, I don't have this job anymore. And Joe's like, no, you hated it. Just be reminded. And then the other thing he helped us with, which I love, and I tell every, I give this piece of advice all the time. You can do anything for six months. You can do anything for six months. So when I started looking at other jobs or I started thinking about these other opportunities, whatever it was, Joe's like, listen, you can do anything for six months and then reevaluate, think it through again. So those two, both those things were really good kind of, and Joe was an important person in our lives at the time. So uh, it really, the, both those things kind of stuck with me. I think that's amazing that you can do anything for six months as in our culture today, most people, like you said, Jamie, will stay in a place, even if they hate it, even if they're miserable, even if it's ruining their family life, their married life for specifically money. Absolutely. And we all know it's a difficult topic. People don't like to talk about money. They don't want to acknowledge it, but it is our reality. You know, we all need money, unfortunately, to survive. We need a lot of other things on that said. Your story obviously directly correlates to how you had to fully trust God financially. That was your first year of marriage. You've been, what, almost married 16 years now. How have you seen God continue to be faithful? So he provided you with this amazing job opportunity. Mm -hmm. Was that hard to jump into? How has that been since you've been there in your current role? Uh, it's It was incredibly hard to begin with. I mean, it was a really, it's a, you know, I'm a financial advisor, but in the beginning, what you really do is ask people a lot of questions and get told no a lot. And so I had to, to kind of fight through that. I knew on the end it was going to work out. But what was really, what really kind of pushed me through was I was starting to take steps towards purpose. And I think one of the things you talked about when you talk about people who have jobs that they hate and statistically, depending on what you read, it's somewhere between like 10 and 25% like their jobs and everybody else hates it. So it's statistically, I mean, we are in a, in a tough spot that way. But what I was starting to drive towards was finding purpose in where I was and what I was doing. And so as I was growing a little bit and Jamie and I were growing together, it was not about just a paycheck. It was not about just a benefit. It was not about these other things. It was, well, it's got to be bigger than this. It's got to, it's got to be more. In those seasons, Jamie changed jobs a few times. We had all these things because we were trying to find things that we really found valuable, things we thought were important, things really had purpose. And so even though I would tell you the first probably two plus years of my job were insanely difficult. I worked a lot of Saturdays and a lot of nights and it was crummy, but we knew because we were pursuing purpose and we were trying to provide for our family for the long term that it was going to be worth it. And so I remember we had, you got frustrated at times because my night schedule would kind of be all over the place and finally like, no, we do this. This is the night you're late and this is the night you're late and the rest of the nights we all have dinner together. And Jamie's always fought really hard to make sure that our family has dinner together and is organized and together as much as possible. And so you fighting for that has always been something I found really valuable as even in those tougher seasons. No, it was hard. I mean, it was the, the funny thing is you talk about money. We were broke before I lost my job. We were more broke after I lost my job. We were, I mean, financially, we just have always been in a place where we kind of had to rely on God. I remember even our first year of marriage, we had times where the just the math didn't make sense. 
it just couldn't work out. It was going to be bad at the end and, and just things that, that happened to work out and, and God happened to take care of and put us in a good spot. Like even budgeting, I think about that. Jamie had this amazing, like really well put together, organized spreadsheet. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> and so she had this amazing thing. And Jamie, how much did you, like prior to us being married, how much did you stick to that budget? Zero. <laughs> Never. I am the spender. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. So when she has this amazing budget and it's got all these line items and one of them is tithe. One of them is giving. And so I, on the other hand, have zero budget. I don't have any planning, but, and my goal in life is to work as little as possible to make just enough to get by. So then when we get married, she has this budget sheet and I have my, I'm just going to make this little bit work. And so we come together and I was never great at being faithful at my giving at church. And part of the reason was, is because I was really unorganized, right? Everything was kind of willy nilly in the way I planned. He had money. He just would forget to tithe. Yeah, it just, it just wasn't organized. It wasn't planned. It wasn't deliberate. Where Jamie, on the other hand, had this like spreadsheet, which just for the record, so that would have been, I mean, you would have started that spreadsheet. So it's 17, 18 years ago, whenever she started the spreadsheet, we still essentially use the exact same spreadsheet today. I still use the same ideas. I still have the same, I probably still even have tabs in there from 2004 or whatever it was. So what I think is really interesting is when you take somebody like Jamie, who could be organized and on top of the things, and somebody like me who was disciplined enough to do it, but just needed the organization and you put those together, it just created a, it created friction. It made things challenging, but it also created a way and a process that we could be deliberate with our money. And so we started, our tithing became really regular and really systematic where I think if I would have been left to my own devices, it would have been three or four times a year. I would have written a check or just remembered and, and you probably the same thing. And it would have just been kind of, kind of off the cuff more than, more than super deliberate. Do you feel like that consistency helps remind you what you're giving towards, whether it's the local church, missions, generosity above and beyond? I know someone recently said, oh, well, if it's once a year and I kind of average out my, you know, what I made, I just think of that point you just said, that consistency and that reminder, do you feel like that has been beneficial to you and or to those that maybe are one-time givers or they pull it all together to end, end of the year, like, is there, I know there's not a right or a wrong way, but maybe speak a little bit more on that consistency on how you got to that point of agreeing to tithing. I feel like that has been a conversation I've had recently with friends of just like, how do they get their spouse or their other person on board to tithe when they're sharing a joint bank account? Yeah, it's something that we still talk about. Scott has a fluctuating income. So it's not like, you know, we bring home $300 every week. And so we tithe $30. Like, it's just not that way for us, our income. And so we've had this discussion and it's part of its personality, I think. Like for me, it's really important that we tithe. Scott gets paid once a month. So just to, you know, disclose our how we do it. So we tithe once a month, typically. And... That's really important to me. I don't know if it's my Enneagram number, the one in me that's just very, or it's just the organizational aspect of who I am or what it is, but I want to tithe every month. And, you know, Scott's come to me before and said, hey, I think we should, you know, since my income fluctuates so much, maybe we should just do it yearly and then we can give one big well, check. I think, we looked at three, I think I, for about a year or two, we did it three times a year. And then you and I had a conversation about how important it was to you to start doing it on a monthly basis. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, one of the things I just wanted to say is when, when we trust God, that first step is the hardest. And I think 
you know, sometimes you're forced into that first step and you're just pushed into it. Like, like getting when fired? Scott lost his job. But I think for me, it, the consistency in taking that step. And so I think that when we get paid monthly, we give to God monthly. Like it just, the Bible says, you know, we give our first fruits to God. So I'm like, how do we spend money all year long and then give? Like that doesn't, to me in my spirit, it didn't line up. It didn't feel right. Like a lot of what I do and the way that I operate is through my gut and the gut feelings that I have. And it just never felt right. And so... I think it's a, just a matter of discussion. It's a it's another discussion point in marriage and coming to an agreement together. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's we do tithe monthly, but there's, you know, there's times where like maybe we don't give enough. And so then we have to look at our income, over, you know, oh, you got a you got a bonus in there. And so we need to tithe off the bonus and we forgot. And it's it's not like, you know, like all like hard and fast. It's, it's a discussion point. It's a, you know, it's fluid, but I think the bottom line is, is, you know, the Bible's very clear about all the money's gods. And so we are, have just been better off in our life in all things, in all areas, when we've been consistent and faithful in giving and tithing both. Generosity is something that we both have like as the spiritual gift. It's something that we want our lives to be about. And so even when we were broke, that was still really important to us. We still kind of thrived for those things. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when God entrusts people with certain gifts like that, that you need to steward them well. And it looks different for everyone, but you've got to figure out what works for you and your spouse and, and work together. when it comes to giving and systematically and however you do it, just for the record, I don't think you're doing it wrong. We have a few clients that give once a year. We have a few, that's, it's not that, but for us, the decision point really was, because one of the things we talked about is I was trying to tithe trimesters in advance. So we were still giving first. It wasn't about that, but I just think you got to figure out what makes sense for you. And if you get paid once a week and you want to do it once a week, or you get paid twice a month, and you want to do it once a month. I don't, I, I don't think, don't get caught up in the details get caught up in what the heart is and what the importance is. One of the verbiage we use around here at Echo is investing. When we give on a monthly basis, not only are we being faithful with what God's called us to do, we're also investing in what God's doing here at this church and because of this church, what's happening around the world. So to me, I just, I want to, what I like about it is we have it set up automatically. It comes out, but I still see it and I still get a reminder. I just like knowing it goes in every month. I like how you said to figure out how it works for you as an individual. So I know oftentimes as well, I've had friends justify, well, okay, so I spoke to, I can't get so-and-so on board, but that sense of like, Jamie, you're saying, take one step forward and then matching that with what you're saying, Scott, of, okay, for me, Catherine, it may not be monthly, it may not be yearly, but what am I, what do I feel like I need to give weekly? So it turns into a regular habit and not, you know, as Andy is preaching out of Malachi and talking about test me, is that something I need to test God and not to then guarantee, you know, all of these good things and these good riches, but in a sense of, asking God for you as an individual and not comparing what everyone else in the church is doing, what they're driving, what they're wearing, but okay, God, what do I, Catherine, need to give? And I really like how you said that of what is going to work for you as an individual, as a married couple, 
as a young adult or teen and asking those around you. I think when I look at both of you and you said the generosity, it's been the, you both are very generous with not just your time and your home, but financially and gifts. And I'm going to get emotional now. I did it for you, Scott, (laughs) but I admire that. I admire that. And that's, you have always had that. As soon as we walked surprisingly into your house in Arizona, you were just, you're just generous and you have a generous heart. And I think you, I love that you said that you both have that spirit and you've been able to see God pull it out of you. And I think we're talking about trusting God tithing, but then that goes even further of what is God calling us and what's within our hearts and how can we give of our time? How can we give of our money to the local church? Scott, you mentioned to the world and I, you both give that example on a weekly basis within Echo Church, but also outside of Echo Church. And I, I'm thankful that I have the privilege of seeing you outside of Sundays. You referenced some scripture, Jamie. I want to go in a way of maybe you don't have to reference specific scripture, but how has what you've learned about yourselves and as individuals, you mentor a lot of young people. How have you been able to communicate your tithing and your giving of your time and your energy to ministry to your children at home specifically? That's a really good one. So our son, who's the oldest, he, for the first time, has a, an actual like job job that gets a paycheck. I will say this. I think it's really hard to, I mean, I still think we should instill giving and generosity in our kids, but when they get $10 for babysitting, like it just doesn't quite connect. Yes, and a dollar should go to church for, you know, the the tithe that God encourages us to do or kind of calls us to do. And But when you get an actual paycheck, and then what I like about it is my son has to pay, t- you know, taxes are withheld. And like, there's more to it, right? It's more of a grown-up thing. So I, um, we gave out of his first paycheck and he, he got to do that and we kind of talked about it and talked about the process. What I think is really interesting about giving is when you're broke, the number that you're called to give as a 10% number, it's just a small enough number that maybe you're, you're kind of okay with it. So like for my son, if he makes $200 and he has to give $20, it's like, okay. But as you earn more, if you haven't established that, I think it makes it harder. So now let's say he's working, I don't know, Full, I don't know, whatever, but let's just say instead of making $200 in a paycheck, he makes $2,000 and now he's giving $200. That hurts more. You feel it more. You send, So I'm really glad because of Jamie's organization and just kind of her pull towards doing what God's called us to. We started when we didn't have anything and foundationally, and it doesn't mean we've been perfect, just for the record. I'm positive we've missed times of giving. I'm sure there's been plenty of times where we missed opportunities to be more generous and to do those things. But for the most part, it's been a really foundational piece of our. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like any habit, honestly. Like I was just, as you were saying that I was thinking of working out, you know, the first time you work out, it's like, it hurts. You are winded super easily. Like you just, you're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then the more you do it, you build a habit, you know? And I think that's That's the same thing with tithing is you need to build a habit. Like maybe you start giving, you just, I can give you $10 a a week, God, like maybe that's where you start. I don't know. I don't know what God's asking you to do, but as you build the habit, it gets easier and easier. And I think, I think a lot of times we focus on like, what do we get out of this? You know, like we promise if you give that God will, God will reward you. Now, what does that mean? Like, I think that's something that I think the church has done a disservice to people because I don't think if we tithe, God promises us wealth. Like it's good. But so much good comes out of it. Like the blessing that you can be to people, the, you know, the things that you get to be a part of and see God do. And 
it's not necessarily like a financial gain, although it could be. I mean, I don't want to discount the way that God is faithful, but there's just so much more to it than than what we see, you know, like you said, Catherine, with what people are wearing or what they're driving or the kind of house they live in or, you know, the vacations they go on. There's so many things we can compare what other people have. But I would say I think that the hardest thing is getting started and just building that habit. And I think especially as an adult, like, you know, he's talking about our teenagers. It's really easy for our teens to give. They have no expenses in the world, no expenses, (laughs) no responsibilities. If they need 10 bucks, they ask mom and dad. So, you know, it's like, okay, great. You're a teenager, but you know what? We're building a foundation for them that they're going to carry into the rest of their life. And it's going to be a lot easier, you know, for them to practice it as an adult when the responsibilities come. And yeah, so I think the sooner you can start, the better, even just building a small habit. I'm not saying you have to, you know, go in and completely flip everything upside down in your financial world. But yeah, I think just building that habit is so crucial. Don't you think too, like we still, like we still notice everybody's new cars. Like we still want, like, it's not like those things are gone completely, but don't you think by us making this a priority on the giving side, James, that we, it just allows us to live with a little less tight of a grip. It's still a challenge, right? Culturally, we are bombarded by what we don't have and why we don't have it and why we should absolutely buy this thing and this thing. But I do think the more we continue to be faithful and try to I don't know, just just trust God in our finances. It allows us to just let that grip go just a little bit more each time. I like that. What do you do when you feel like God is calling you to give more or to be generous? Do you consult one another? Do you? How do you check in on that if God's saying, hey, I want you to take half of your tithe and give it to this missionary in Africa and or on top of my your tithe, your offering, your giving? How do you check in with each other as a couple? So usually what happens is like, there's like a challenge to come up with a number and I can tell you almost to a time, whatever my number is, what does your number look like, Jim? Doubled. Doubled my number. Whatever <laughs> almost my, always. Almost always, whatever I decide. So if we feel kind of pulled to give to something and I'm like, well, let's give that thing a hundred dollars. Like that's what my heart is telling me to Jamie's number is almost always going to be $200. Like it's just, it's just going to be the way it works. It's just where we live. It's probably because... I don't know, Jamie listens to God better than I do. I <laughs> I'm definitely more extreme in my personality, but also like, I don't, I mean, my mom would say as a little girl, I would babysit, you know, at 10 years old. And the next day, all my money would be gone. And my parents would be like, where's your money? And I'd be like, I just bought my friend's stuff. Like that was just, it's just been my heart. Like I've, I've always been generous. Even when I, you know, Scott didn't throw me under the bus, but when I was overspending, and not using my budget. I also wasn't tithing. Like that was the last thing and there wasn't anything left. Sorry, God. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't, I just want to be generous. Honestly, like I feel, I just feel like God's gifted me with that. And on top of that, he's given us more than, you know, I could ever even imagine in our life. Like not just in relation to money, but in relationships in this church, like We've just had some really beautiful, you know, things in our, in our world. And I'm so grateful that I just want to be generous with it. And I try to live my life with open hands. And so that's, but more practically speaking, we definitely like 
you know, when there's a call to give or, you know, we both are generous. Scott will be the first one to be like, I feel like we're supposed to give this person $200. Okay, go ahead. You know, but, um, but if Jamie's not on board, it all, a lot of times doesn't get followed through with. So like, I really need God to speak to both of us. Cause like, I want to give this money to one of our neighbors who went off to college. I still have not followed through with that. We got to do that. Now that I've said it on a can on a, on a microphone, now I can be held accountable. True. But we usually try to come with a number and he's, it's usually, <laughs> I usually, mine's usually doubled. So he usually brings me back down to reality. A Although bit. it's almost always a push. Like I still think of, for those, those that are listening, some of you are going to be spenders and some of you are going to be savers. And I remember Jamie and I being on a date night pretty early on after we had Nixon. And she said something about, I remember this so well. She said something about going out to get dessert. And I basically responded back with, well, then we've got to pay for dessert and we have to pay the babysitter more. And she looks at me and she's very serious and she's not coming down on me, but she's just very direct. And she says, you're kind of ruining date night. So one of the things I want to throw out there is, I like, I want to save every dollar and then I want to spend money too. So I fall kind of probably more in the middle. But it, what's interesting is the answer is not to be a stingy person in your marriage. The answer is not to be a stingy person as you're parenting. It's not to be a stingy person as a friend, as a worker. It's none of those things. God wants us to be fully present and generous in our marriage, fully present and generous in our kids' lives, fully present and generous in our church life, in our work life, in all of our relationships. So I just like that we view money differently, but we come to a good place. We view time differently, but we come to a good place. And it's not always smooth sailing when we get there, but it's, it's the fact that we can use each other's strengths to try to get to a place that, that God would really call us and, and use us and, and be glorified in. Yeah, the only the kind of last thought that I had was uh, we've just we're able to be generous because of the people who were here. I go. Come on, because of the people who were generous with us. So true. And you know, there were times where going out to eat was a luxury, and we couldn't do it. And you know, we'd be with my brother, and he would pay for our whole meal. And at a restaurant, we couldn't even afford the bread at. It's true. At a very nice restaurant, like. You know, we've been given cars, and I say cars, multiple cars. We've been given homes at very, you know, cheap prices. Like, we've just been given... We've been given homes? Not, like, actual homes. Oh. Like, like very cheap rent oh, to get like us rentals. through to the yes. next home. Sorry, things like, like wow. that. Like, Sorry. people owned homes, and they let us rent for yes, cheap. you're no, totally not right. actual yes. homes. Sorry, I was like, I don't you remember that, that part. <laughs> um but people have been generous with us so and true. we're following that example. You're and right. so if we can be generous with people and they can, you know, through us catch a glimpse of generosity and see who God is in his generosity towards us. That's, I mean, that's what, that's what has us on this path. It really isn't like anything we do. It's that we've seen the goodness of God and we want to share it with others. So I love how you're saying God has been generous with you. So you're going to be generous with others. You're not just going to watch your savings account go through the roof. You know, you're going to give of that. You're not going to just watch your home be filled. You're going to give of that time and that space and what God is doing in your lives personally and mentally and emotionally. You know, you then share about that because it, it matters and God matters to you. And so I really am thankful for you both. I, I wanted to add one yes. thing to what Jamie said just really quick. I remember the first time we got to buy dinner for your brother. 
Like like little moments where God kind of reminds you of where you've come from. I, I just, as, as generous as somebody like he was in our lives, I think he helped sponsor some mission trips. He helped us with our adoption, like all these different things. And I remember like the first time we were like, hey, we can get dinner. It might take all the money in the bank, but it's <laughs> worth it. Like we're going to get dinner this one time. And I, and it's just little things like that, that, that bring a lot of joy to my life. I love it. Thank you both Thanks, so Catherine. much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Echo Church podcast. Please feel free to visit us at www.wearetheecho.church. We'd love to hear from you, answer any of your prayer requests and our questions. Thank you.